0: Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select Our Show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel.
1: Hi, Anne. How does it feel to be back? It felt really good to be off. It
0: feels really fucking good to be back right now. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I could not have gone one more day without having a space to discuss the Kim and Pete scenes from last week's episode.
1: No, I I felt like I was in a combust if we didn't. I do truly believe this is like my life's calling to be able to talk about this. Like I've waited my whole life for this moment.
0: Watching that episode was an out-of-body experience for me. I had both hands over my mouth. I could not believe that that's the information we were receiving. Watching you watch that
1: episode was a spiritual experience for me. She's not kidding. Hands (laughs) over mouth the entire time. Audible gasps every like five to 15 seconds, I would say. It was the craziest experience of my life watching you watch that.
0: Well, I was so happy that you had watched it before because you knew exactly how I was about to react. Like when Kim's on the plane, I'm already losing it over the cashmere lining. I didn't know Pete was about to FaceTime, but you guys knew that. So then when she picks up the FaceTime, I turn to you and you're like, I know, I know.
1: (laughs) I have to explain that Isabel and I watched it the night before together at exactly midnight. And then we had to wait till the next day to watch it with Emma. The guilt that Isabel and I felt after watching that together without Emma being there was like, it it was heartbreaking for me. Like I genuinely went to bed and I was like, I feel so guilty right now. So then to be able to watch it together and have the experience of watching you watch it made
0: it all worth it. Well, you guys texted me like, we have to tell you something, thinking I guess that I was going to be sad. But I was honestly thrilled because I genuinely felt like I was so out of my body while watching it that I needed a guide to be there with me to kind of keep me present. Because when she looks at that camera and says, you know, was basically just DTF. I thought I was going to drop dead, Julie. It's kind of like when
1: you take an edible and you take it with somebody who's also already taken that specific edible.
0: So you know exactly what like the trip is going to be. Right. And that's actually what happened because not only were we taking an edible that we knew (laughs) what the experience is like, you had watched the episode. So it was just 10 out of 10. I watched it two more times after that sober and it lived up to the hype. And I'm just so thrilled that we have this place to be able to talk about it. Let's fucking talk about it. Yeah, let's fucking talk about it. Okay, so we're not going to do a full recap of episode eight, but the way that we're kind of going to do it, and this was definitely the consensus in our DMs, is we basically put together all of the scenes that had anything to do with Kim and Pete. So we will discuss those. There's plenty to touch on. And then there's not a crazy amount of news. We'll talk about Lori Harvey, Michael B. Jordan, and a few other things, but this will really be the bulk because there's just a lot of Kim and Pete happening.
1: A lot to get into here. I am really excited to talk about Michael B.
0: Jordan and Lori Harvey too, though. No, me too. I feel kind of naive because the response from the internet was like, what did you guys expect? It was never going to last. But I guess I got really hooked into the fantasy really quickly. And part of that could have been superficial because they were one of the most gorgeous couples I've ever seen. See, that's interesting because I feel like the internet response
1: has been really mixed. But I think that the interesting part of analyzing this whole relationship is the fact that it was Clearly not a mutual breakup, but they're both very clearly heartbroken about it.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) wouldn't you be if you were either party? Absolutely. The other thing that I wonder, which we can obviously get into, is I don't know enough about Michael's family. I obviously know more about Lori just because Steve Harvey is so famous. And I wonder if he almost felt similarly to how some of the men that are no longer with the Kardashians feel, which is they get really hooked into the family and everything that comes with that. You know, like I wonder what that relationship was like as well, which could contribute to him being additionally upset.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I think that he was just really ready to settle down and she felt she was too young. I do think that there's a chance that they get back together, that they find their way back to each other, even if it's, you know,
0: not that far into the future. Yeah, I think it's going to depend, but we can save that. Do you want to do Kim and Pete first? Yeah, I would love to Go to astroproallergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and Go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. AstroPro and Go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay. So the first time that Kim kind of starts alluding to Pete before we even get the mention of his name in the confessional is when she's having the conversation with Chris about how she was in the car with Mason and North. And she overheard Mason talking to North about how it's actually kind of cool to have a stepdad. And he's asking Kim if she can drop him at Travis's studio. And he's talking about how fun it is. And she says to Chris that, okay, that made me feel like there's hope that one day I'll have someone who can come around and hang out with the kids which it's very interesting to watch that scene knowing it was filmed obviously a few months back and have the episode come out the same week when there's photos of Pete holding Saint's hand at the Grove.
1: Right, and previous to that, I think it was a month or so ago, we saw Pete with the kids for the first time when he's riding around in the Moke with North and Penelope. And so the introduction of Pete to the kids has kind of been... An interesting ride because it started with Kanye posting on Instagram saying, you will never meet my kids. And now you're seeing this relationship really start to form. I mean, we've seen Instagram stories that Kim has posted where you can hear Pete talking to the kids in the background. So just that acknowledgement of like, wow, maybe one day someone will be able to have a relationship with my kids. And now you're really
0: seeing that in action. Right. And when she says that to Chris, obviously we know that at this point, Pete has already started. So I'm sure he's top of mind, but I do believe that just generally speaking, that's something that she has been hoping for, regardless of if it's Pete or someone else. And the other thing, which I know isn't the main element here, because obviously we want to talk about the moment when she explains how it went down. You remember last episode or two episodes ago when she's sitting on the bed with Courtney and they're kind of joking about how Kim's almost one step back. And so she watches Courtney do something and then it kind of gives her a guide on how to do it. You remember that scene? Yeah, of course. I was so hyper aware of that conversation she had had with Courtney when she's now discussing it with Chris because when she's talking about Mason, I mean, to me, that's a prime example of how she's almost watched Courtney do it and then she's going to figure it out because Other than Chris, when it comes to her siblings, she has not seen anyone make that transition from co-parenting to then having a new relationship. Like you look at Kylie, you look at Chloe, you look at any of them, regardless of whether or not they're with the father of their children, they haven't then had to integrate a new person with their children, at least publicly. So it was just really interesting to kind of watch her acknowledge how Courtney has been really helpful in that guidance.
1: Oh yeah. And it's also interesting because we were having this conversation, I think it was, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago on the podcast, we were saying like, obviously there's so much speculation about what Mason's relationship with Travis is like because we haven't been seeing so much of him. And we were saying, you know, we're not gonna speculate on that. Like a kid's relationship with their step-parent isn't for us to speculate. So it was very interesting to have that confirmation of like, yeah, maybe it wasn't so great at first. And, you know, the public's speculation was somewhat correct, but we're now getting that confirmation of like, Mason's tune has changed. Like it really has. And I also, this is really interesting and um, completely besides the point of the P conversation, which is that I saw Chloe had liked a tweet recently that was saying like, Mason really does not want to be photographed right now and to please respect that. So it is just interesting getting those little pieces of information to be able to connect all of the dots together in terms of where they're all at within their lives and where the kids are all at.
0: Well, Kim says directly to Chris, his tune has totally changed since the engagement, which I know we had all discussed. Obviously, there were a lot of mixed feelings about whether or not the kids should have been present at Courtney's engagement, but hearing that almost makes me feel like there's a little bit more validity to the argument of maybe it was the right move, because even though Courtney was upset, Mason probably would not have wanted to process that in such a public way. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just very, very interesting. But okay. So we have that scene with Chris and then immediately we go into Kim's confessional when this producer fucking woman of the people says, so are you dating Pete? Why have you been so secretive? And the floodgates fucking open. You know what I was cracking up about with that is that When
1: she says to Kim, why have you been so secretive? It's not like a situation where it's like, why have you been so secretive to the public? Because it really, really was like very DL at that point. She means like specifically on the show. And that's what I'm so interested in, like the producer angle of watching this relationship sort of unfold.
0: And what Kim says is exactly what we had kind of thought when she's like, I just wanted to make sure that there was actually something there because as we're about to find out in two minutes, she initially went into this just wanting sex basically, which I fully support. So what is she gonna do? Make a whole spectacle of this thing that is really supposed to be just a sexually fulfilling relationship? She was gonna wait until there were emotions involved to really present this as something. Right, and the thing is here
1: is like, I don't think Kim even expected That the relationship that they have currently, like as in June 6, 2022, I don't think that she ever expected that that would be the case, even during the filming of what we're watching in this episode. Like this relationship, even since then, and even since she's gotten to the point where she's willing to talk about on the show and she realized it's more emotionally fulfilling than she had even expected. I think this relationship is so far beyond what she
0: even thought of at that point. Okay, so it's very interesting because when she's in the scene with Courtney and Chloe and they're shaking the salads, which obviously we're gonna get into in a few minutes, and she's talking about how MJ said that the 40s are the best sex of your life. I think at that moment, yes, she didn't have a full understanding of what this was going to turn into. She was obviously very into it. She was very stimulated sexually, but I don't think emotionally she was fully there. When she's in her confessional, not the one with her hair slicked back, in the black outfit, when she's listing the reasons of why she likes him so much, and she says, you know, he's one of the most genuine people I've ever met, which again, we will obviously get into in depth. I think at that moment, when that confessional was filmed, she had a little bit of a better understanding of, like, wait, I have real feelings here.
1: Right. Well, you're watching this go down in real time. Think about two weeks ago when exactly the conversation you are having where Kim is sitting in Courtney's bed and they're discussing how Kim is kind of on a delay of Courtney. And Kim makes that joke of like, what? Cause I go after the same guys as you. Like that was at the very, very, very beginning of that relationship. Like that was still probably in the just hookup phase. And now you're watching Kim in real time say like, well, I didn't want to talk about it. Cause even if, you know, we weren't even talking at that point, like she's considering the relationship to be quote talking to then her telling Courtney and Chloe, you know, he put the pimple cream on my nose to then in the confessional being like, here's all of the reasons that I like him. Here's me confessing my feelings like the progression of that to be able to watch that as the public in contrast to the way that we thought that relationship went down, which was very comparable. It's just crazy. Like in our mind, we were like, yeah, so what probably happened was they were hooking up and then it turned into something real. And so to have that confirmation of like, yeah, you guys were right, but like, here's really the details of that. Here's who texted who first. Like
0: we couldn't have asked for all of that. I know it is the best thing ever. And can I tell you a perspective I was thinking of it from that I hadn't thought of until I was watching this episode? please do. Think about it from Pete's perspective for a second, which I honestly had not done enough of because there's two separate things happening here. The first... All things celebrity aside, when you're just starting to hook up with someone or just start to date someone, it's your dream to basically get their unfiltered take of what's going through their mind, what they would say to a friend. And here she's talking to a producer, but she's basically giving us the play-by-play of what was going on in her mind. And it's not to say that she hadn't voiced that to him. I'm sure she's very transparent in her emotions, but there's something really unique about being able to hear it from the person that you like. I still think it's exciting, even if you're two years into dating. That's number one. And then, second of all, when she's going through the list a few scenes down in that confessional and she's really explaining. What about him is so appealing to her? She is saying to the world on a massive platform, here's the reason that Pete Davidson is such a stand up guy. And it's not like he needs that necessarily. It's not like the public has a bad taste in their mouth about him. And now Kim praising him is going to give him a new lease on life. That's not what I'm saying. But it is still a very big deal that on one of Hulu's most streamed shows with millions and millions of viewers to hear someone compliment your character in such a way, I think both of those things happening at once has to be, if not overwhelming, just highly endearing, especially for Pete, who is now embarking on this
1: journey of leaving SNL. And I think that with that, even though I'm sure he's going to stay in the comedy lane to be able to be taken more seriously just as a person is all you could ask for when you embark on a new journey. And so for Kim to say to the world, you know, honestly, Pete being funny is fourth on the list of reasons why I like him. That makes the entire world just look at him slightly differently. It's like, oh, wow, he's so much more than just like this funny young comedian. Like he has all of these qualities that he possesses. And throughout this relationship, it's not only just like, wow, Kim takes him seriously enough to like be her boyfriend and be around her kids. It's also like, As a result of Kim dating him, all of these people have now also come out of the woodwork to say why they like Pete. And so the public perception of Pete, not just because he's dating a Kardashian, but because he has this public support behind him, is astronomically high.
0: I know. And just to really bring it full circle for a second, not that I want to discuss Kanye, but as we've spoken about a million times, in the beginning of Kim dating Kanye, it was a very legitimizing for her. And at the same time, quote, embarrassing for him, like people who did not like the Kardashians came down very hard on Kanye that he was going to associate with such quote trash, given that he was such an A-list celebrity, such a well-respected artist. And to be very clear, the public isn't doubting Pete, but now for Kim to be in a relationship where her dating someone is almost legitimizing for him. It's a very crazy few years when you look at just the story arc that has been her life. It, you're so right. And also going back to the peat of it for a second, The
1: initial power dynamic in this relationship is so interesting and so funny to analyze because you have a situation where Kim thinks that she's really putting herself out there. Like, you know, she kisses Pete at SNL and she says like he didn't give her the time of day after. Everyone was at her after party. He wasn't at her after party. So even though she is Kim Kardashian, she's having this moment of self-doubt, which probably made her want him more. And so she reaches out and she asks the producer for his number. So then you then have to think about Pete's perspective where he, a couple months prior, had asked Megan Fox for Kim's number and was told to fuck off because it was never going to happen. And so now you're Pete Davidson and you're the one getting a text from your dream girl who at the same time is a little bit nervous to have that approach because even though she's Kim Kardashian, she thinks that you might not
0: even be remotely interested. I mean, holy shit. Yes, like P-O-V-U-R-P Davidson. You have been wanting this woman's number and Megan Fox tells you forget about it. It's never going to happen. And a few months later, she texts you because you were too cool to go to her zero bond after party that literally Gail King, Chris Rock, and every celebrity in the history of celebrities was at. Like, what a layup for him. I mean, talk about best case scenario. The
1: only thing missing from this episode was a confessional of Pete saying exactly what it felt like in that moment to receive that text message.
0: No, I'm sorry. That is my dream. Anything I've said previously about my dream in terms of this situation is removed because that's it. I want a confessional of Pete where he sits down and I don't want the camera to already be there when he sits down. Like I want to get the process of him walking in, getting mic'd up, sitting down, probably making a comment about the couch he's sitting on at the Skims headquarters or wherever they're filming the confessional being like, oh, so this is how you guys do it? And then having the producer ask like, so how'd you feel in that moment? And he looks directly at the camera and is like, so I'm sitting in Staten Island and all of a sudden a text from Kim Kardashian. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I love when you imitate Pete in your dad's voice. (laughs) Brooklyn's dad, I don't know, all kind of meshes.
1: (laughs) No, that's, that's the dream. Not like my dream, not like your dream. That's the dream. And everyone feels the same way. Like I have to tell you, our DMs were going fucking crazy. And especially people who were saying like, I don't typically watch the Kardashians, but I tuned into this one episode because I was so curious about the way that it went down with Pete. That's the thing. It is so rare, so, so rare, if ever, that you get a high profile relationship to this extent and the entire story of how it went down. Like with Courtney and Travis, as soon as you get the background information of like, oh, they live in Calabasas. They were really good friends. Like, you know, you don't need too much more to fill in the blanks. But with Kim and Pete, you are constantly sitting there while you're watching this relationship unfold being like, what the fuck is the story there? And so to get it, whether you're a fan of them
0: or not is just It's a crazy perspective to have. Well, hold on. We have to go back to the SNL thing because I want to read verbatim what she said in her confessional because she starts out by saying that when they kissed in the scene, it was, quote, a vibe. And she thought to herself that maybe she needed something different. And when she's saying, you know, as we discussed, he didn't come to the after party. He didn't give her the time of day. And she says, and I quote, so a few days later, I called the producer at SNL and I was like, hey, do you have Pete's number? And they were like, yeah. And I texted him. I wasn't even thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to be in a relationship with him. I was just thinking like, heard about this BDE, need to get out there. Like I need to just jumpstart my, I was basically just DTF. Okay, hold on, which I obviously want to discuss that in three seconds. What we have to pay attention to here is that she said when they kissed in the Aladdin skit that she felt something. Hypothetically speaking, Julie, if that sketch was never written and they didn't kiss, would she have still felt something? Would she have ever then felt motivated to get his number? Or would they have just been ships passing in the night? And my follow-up question is who wrote that sketch? Because that's the real person we all need to be thanking here. Probably
1: Pete. Pete probably went into that episode and was like, so how do we do a sketch where I get to kiss Kim? This was literally, as we have now found out, like I wouldn't necessarily say it's his dream girl. Like, I don't know if I would say to that extent. I don't have the information enough to say that. But this was somebody that he was clearly very interested in that he was told by Megan Fox that he could not have. And by the way, if I'm Pete, I'm looking at MGK and Megan Fox being like, wait a second. If he can get you, why can't I get Kim? Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Why is she acting like it's so out of the realm of possibility? She did it. She's the blueprint. That's what's interesting. And that's what a lot of people have said is like, why not at least pass on the message? I know. Hold on. Just going back, when she says, I heard about this BDE and I just needed to get out there. I just needed to, I just needed to jumpstart my, I was just basically DTF. <laughs> Kim just wanted to fuck Pete because she heard he had a big dick. Like if we really simplify it here, she's so real. Well, it's just so funny because obviously that's a curiosity that many people have had, but she just has the means to be able to make it happen instantaneously. But the other thing about it that I find so interesting is that it's not like Kim heard through the grapevine of her friends that he had, quote, BDE. Maybe she did, but that's something that everyone had heard. And I always find it fascinating when a celebrity, especially someone as famous as Kim, is now intrigued about another celebrity based on like the way that they are viewed culturally. Like pretty much Ariana Grande said that he had a big dick and then that spread into the quote BDE phenomenon. And even Kim Kardashian is not immune to being on the receiving end of that phenomenon. And that to me is what I find so interesting because so many of these setups happen, you know, through managers, through agents, a little bit more behind the scenes. Even here, she's asking the SNL producer for his number. Like all that stuff happens a little bit behind the scenes, a little bit more Hollywood. But her knowing about his quote BDE was the same shit that the rest of us had heard. That's such a good point. The only difference is that she kissed him in a scene and then was able to obviously get his number immediately, which she could have done regardless. Like, <laughs> that's what's so crazy. She fell under the same quote spell, very similar to the way that, you know, a lot of people are feeling about Jack Harlow because of TikTok right now. It's just like she had the connecting dot. It's so wild. Like, I I can't explain how wild this whole thing feels to me, especially in this moment. Want to play a game? Yeah, duh. What do you think she texted him? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think, well, first of all, before we even get into the actual text, let's discuss the setting of when she decided to send it because I see her sitting like on her bed with Steph and Tracy or Chloe. You know what I mean? Here's a visual. If you ever
1: want to feel like a celebrity is so real and such a normal person – All you have to do is picture them writing out a text in their notes app before they send
0: it. (laughs) No, that is, talk about humanizing, Julie. That is fucking humanizing because we have all done it. And if you say you haven't, you're lying.
1: I, I mean, I cannot, cannot get over the dynamic of Kim having to sit down with her friends and craft a text together that comes off casual enough to let him know that she's interested but also like with the information that he did not come to her after party like i think that she was probably a little bit nervous to send that text which is insane to think about the thought of kim kardashian being nervous at
0: all let alone nervous to text pete davidson that's a fucking trip em It is a trip, but she definitely was because that is just like the human reaction when you're feeling a certain way. She has no idea what she's about to receive given the fact that, like you said, he didn't come to the after party. She doesn't know if he felt like the, quote, sparks that she felt during the Aladdin skit. I mean, it's really wild. I wonder what she said. I mean, she definitely said it's Kim, which doesn't even need the Kardashian. I can't. Okay, I think she included the Kardashian. Okay, so that's what we need. We need a split screen. Like, yes, we want to join confessional, but I actually want to see them both break it down without being in each other's presence. We can do that as a follow-up. So it's like a split screen. And on the left, you have her say exactly what she sent, like her reading it and giving us where she was when it happened. Like maybe she's sitting on the floor of her bathroom and Steph sitting in that chair, who knows? And then it goes to the other split screen, which is Pete sitting there in his confessional, reading the text, like-
1: m no no I, I have it m i have it let's me. away Uh-oh. you know how sometimes people will post like when they get engaged or an anniversary like the initial hinge conversation with them and their boyfriend oh my god here's what i'm picturing the skims boyfriend collab launched with the text message that started it all <gasps>
0: <laughs> i need a minute i need a minute i need a minute
1: Like, that's the thing here. This gave us so much information. Like, this literally, like, I I can't even put into words what this did to me. But still, I have, like, a million more things that I need answered, a million more little tiny details that I need to know that I will never, ever, ever get tired of following the story and watching the show and watching it play out and paying attention to every tiny little detail because I still need my questions answered.
0: No, I will never get tired. There is no such thing as Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson fatigue as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, they have us by the balls. I say that every single week and I like it. You know what? I like it. I wouldn't want it any other fucking way. This is, watching that episode and then talking about it right now is honestly, like I would say the last month highlight, hands down, that's gonna go in my top five. And I don't think that that's sad. I've had a really great last month, but this just brought to me a sense of joy that I couldn't have that, that I couldn't have like dreamt of but because how much time
1: have we spent talking about this so much we all have just what's gonna happen how did this happen what are the details what does this relationship look like what did the progression of this relationship look like what's he like with her what are they like sexually like and we basically got an answer if not a hint to an answer in every single question we had like That is unheard of. Think of your favorite celebrity couple or the celebrity couple you're most interested in. As we always say, obviously they don't have a reality show, but they also aren't sitting down in an interview going like, okay, here's how it went down. It's like, they give you vague answers. They do an interview and they say, you know, I've always thought about him and we connected at this or we met at this and it was an instant connection. Like, sure, give us that. Like, it's not enough. And then you have this situation where Kim literally looks directly into the camera And says, okay, you guys have stalked me long enough. Here's exactly how it went down. Who sent the text, who she reached out to, what she was feeling. That shit is unheard
0: of. The Megan Fox of it all, because that also is interesting. I know, you know, Megan's one person, she doesn't speak for the rest of their famous friends, but clearly that shows the way that other people were as thrown off by this as we were, you know, like that it was very unexpected. It's not like everyone in the circle is like, you know what, this makes so much sense. Maybe now they think that, but initially they were kind of thrown off in the same way that we were. This is. It's no, I know. Like, yes. And you (laughs) know what the best thing ever is? I have
1: so many best things, but you say yours. They're clearly spending so much time together now and you're going to see him on the show in the next season or the next two seasons because it's impossible not to. Obviously they're going to give us all the behind the scenes of the Met Gala Okay, that obviously has to include him. There's no way that it doesn't. So now we're only getting her side of the story. Eventually, we are going to get a firsthand look at that relationship right before our eyes, the the Kanye of it, the text message probably, this is what I was thinking about during it, the behind the scenes of him sending Kanye the text saying I'm in bed with your wife and then the decision to post that text on Instagram, like all of that stuff is still to come.
0: Julie, remember the way that we felt when Ripley's released that two or so minute video of them at the fitting when he, she's like holding on to him and she's taking off his hat and she's trying to get into the dress? Of course. That was like electrifying. It's the only word that I can really use. And we're going to get that, but shot in the Kardashians Hulu format, then supplemented with confessionals. I might pass away. Yeah. we just, I need a second. Can Can we take an ad break to regroup? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non stick sheet pans. Everything is non toxic to me. That's huge. And okay, we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, Once you get these, you're gonna wanna get them for your friends, so they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need, it's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process. If you're not using products that really work for you, and honestly really work with you, and for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and enter promo code celebs for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code celebs. Okay, I know we already kind of touched on the scene when Kim, Chloe, and Courtney are in the kitchen and they're talking about the best sex of your life being in your 40s and all of that, which I do want to get more into in a second. But, side note, talk about breaking the fourth wall when they look directly into the camera and Kim says, we know how much you guys love eating salads with us and watching us shake our salads. And then they start shaking and Courtney says, yeah, I feel like I started a phenomenon with that. I mean, if you've been watching since day one, that felt personal.
1: It was. It a hundred percent was. I love, that's what I love about the breaking the fourth wall in this is like, That acknowledgement of the audience makes you feel really seen. Like, even when Kim is telling the story of Pete, it's not just like, okay, let me explain how it went down. It's like, you guys wanted this and I am going to deliver. And that as an audience member and as a fan makes you feel like,
0: wow, like, you know us and you know what we're watching the show for. Yeah, but nobody, including Chris, does that in the way that Kim does. Kim has an understanding of... Not only the fans' desires, but also fulfilling them in a way that feels really authentic that none of the other siblings do. Even Chloe, who I find to be so authentic. But the way Kim presents information, it's like she's feeding it directly to you. She's literally hand-feeding it to you, to quote them from a different scene in this episode, and it works. Like You know what she's doing. You know her strategy, but it still works because you want it that badly that you're willing to take it. It's very, very unique. There are very few celebrities, if any, that do it in that way. But- a side thing that I want to mention is, don't get me wrong, this fourth wall break was authentic and intentional all of the things, but let's not forget that Chris also, simultaneous to this whole situation, invested in the health nut, which is probably where those salads were from, or if not, will come up at some point. So always a little ulterior motive. And that's
1: something that we were talking about in terms of the dates of everything coming out around the episode. I mean, you had Kim talking about the Sports Illustrated shoot, which came out a couple of weeks ago. You had Courtney talking about the Push Goop collab, which came out right before the episode aired. And then you had Chris talking about her masterclass, which is going to come out over the summer, but she posted the teaser for it a couple of days ago. So like that timing of all of it and the little you know health nut of it all snuck in there, when you put those pieces together and you're watching it unfold, you can see the marketing strategy behind the show as well, which... I don't even think we can even be mad at because I appreciate that so much.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, I know what they're doing and I still appreciate it. It's kind of like when we're talking about an interview they do with Fallon or Kimmel and people are like, God, you guys are so naive. Like, you think that just came up? I'm like, I don't think it just came up. Of course that was staged. Of course they knew they were going to talk about it, but I don't give a shit. I still got the information. Okay, so it was a little bit contrived in the way that we got there. Like,
1: (laughs) you think I'm going to complain about that? There's also the angle of it, which is like, if I believe that Chris is this genius marketing person, which she is, then I'm not mad at then seeing the behind the scenes of the way her mind works. I'm not then mad at seeing it being brought up in a show and then the next day, it's available to us. Like I love that behind the scenes. I love seeing the way that Chris Jenner's mind works. I love seeing the small little health nut integration and then having the behind the scenes knowledge of her investing in it. And it's not too obvious, but if you know, you know, like all of those things I think are so important as the viewer and the way that we view specifically Chris and the way she operates.
0: Right. And that's an important point that I know we had put the dates on. So thank you for reminding me. This episode aired on June 2nd. The Smells Like My Pushy Candle release was on June 1st. Chris's Masterclass formal announcement was on June 3rd. And obviously, as we know, Kim Sports Illustrated cover was on May 16th. But exactly to your point, that is all timed very purposefully. And if we're going to sit here, all of us, and praise Chris for what she's created, then you have to realize at times you're going to be on the receiving end of that. And I think it's just part of the experience. Honestly, (laughs) I like it. I do too. Also, the one tiny detail which we kind
1: of spoke about but didn't get into is when Kim is saying the thing about how MJ told her her 40s are the best sex of her life, but she then says, and so far, I'm sorry, that took me out. That was like exactly what I wanted.
0: And we knew that though. That's what we had been saying that clearly this is mind-blowing for her.
1: Oh my God. It's just, it's, M. it's too good. Like I just... The whole time I was watching this episode, I felt so seen and so validated and so acknowledged. Like, I I could watch a million more hours of this going down.
0: When Courtney is saying that she's definitely noticing how Kim's so much happier and she says in her confessional, so thank you, Pete. I'm like... (laughs) Wait a second. Isn't that what we all have been saying about you? Like, they all had a collective fucking edible arrangement to Travis because he completely brought out the side of Courtney that they had been wanting for for years. And so it's like, yes, that may be true, but don't act like you didn't do it first. That was a really funny part
1: of me watching the show prior to you watching the episode because everything that you yelled at the screen is everything that I yelled at the screen. And at that exact part, I said, You know, they say the same shit about you. And then you were watching and you looked and went, Is she kidding? They say the same shit about her. I was like, you know what?
0: (laughs) Yes, that's correct. But listen, either way, I guess, you know, net net, it's still a positive thing that they both feel like they're lighter versions of themselves. And they didn't explicitly say this. Nobody actually brought up Kanye. But when Kim's in that scene and she's saying, you know, it's so nice that I just feel like I can walk out of my house like this. And she meant no makeup, whatever. I think so much of that is while she appreciated, as we saw, and honestly was dependent on some of the elements of Kanye that made everything a production, it's so nice to not feel that way. It's like for once in her life, she's not performing for someone. And I think in a lot of ways, because she was used as Kanye's muse so much, it almost blurred the lines of being able to just authentically exist without it being this whole thing. And I mean, I can't imagine how freeing that must be.
1: Yes, and it's like you can almost remove Kanye from the conversation when you're talking about these things with Kim that she's so happy about with Pete because it's not just like Kim entered this relationship with Kanye and then all of the shit came with it and she then had to deal with it. I think the things that Kim had in this relationship with Kanye were things that she sought out things that she thought she wanted. And it's only now that she's with Pete and she's realizing the other side of it, that it's not just like, oh wow, this is what it's like without Kanye, but it's like, oh wow, this is what it's like to like be truly authentic to myself and have this whole realization and this whole switch in terms of what makes me happy. Because it's not just the situation where Kim ended up with Kanye and, you know, he took over her wardrobe and he made her his muse and they had to travel the world and they had to do all these things. Those were the things that Kim thought she wanted. And so this realization of like, wow, I want something entirely different says so much more about Kim as a person than
0: it does about her relationship with Kanye. Right and by the way I think that is what she wanted like this whole appreciation for the more simpler things would have never come about if she didn't experience that to start so I don't think that it's about wow I thought I wanted this but I really want this I think it's like I did want that for this particular time in my life and that era is over and now I'm realizing at 41 or 42 ever old she is this is now what I really want and I think there's something really powerful and honestly like truthful about being able to just look at different stages of life for exactly what they are and understanding that desires change. You know, shit ebbs and flows depending on where you're at in your life. Totally.
1: Let me ask you a question. Did this episode, in conjunction with seeing Pete and Saint together in those videos, do you have any sort of difference of opinion in terms of what this relationship looks like in the future now? Or do you think you're still kind of on that same wavelength of like, It's definitely more serious than I thought it was going to be. I'm still not willing to say 100% that this is it for her.
0: Good question. I knew that's what you were going to ask the second you said. Can I ask you a question? I, two things are true. I'm definitely still more the latter of like, Yes, it's more serious than I thought. I'm definitely not here and saying they're gonna get married. I haven't thought about it yet. But it's not even so much that I 100% can't see it, whereas like I used to never be able to see it. Still can't fully see it, but that's not the reason. It's more so (laughs) that I am consciously and intentionally just living in the moment. (laughs) Like, you know, everybody jokes about the concept of being present and how that's so important to practice in your own life. Like I am practicing the concept of being present through this relationship. I think it is so important that we just like sit with this. And I know it's in our personalities to want to hypothesize and theorize about what's going to happen, and that is fun. But for me, it's almost more fun to just like take in every moment of the information that we're getting. Right.
1: I, and I completely one hundred percent agree with you. I would say the way in which my view of it was maybe altered actually has very little to do with the episode itself has much more to do with seeing Pete with the kids in terms of wow like he could be a step parent wow they could get married and like maybe she would have another kid with him like all of these things are possible the only thought that i have in the back of my mind in all of this is like oh wow this is one very serious relationship after her marriage. Like there was no in-between phase. It's not like she ever got to really experience being single. And I think that I had that realization as a result of Kim saying like, wow, I kind of went into this only really looking for sex and I ended up in a relationship. So like, that's the part of it that I'm interested in. Does she feel like she needs to explore that? Or as she said in the past, she's such a relationship girl that that doesn't matter to her. Like, so I'm so interested in like, okay, you went into this, maybe just looking for sex. Is that a part of your life that you still feel like you want to explore or do you have it all?
0: I don't know. That is a question that I don't have the answer to and I would be very curious about. I think in this current moment, she is wildly content and probably wants to change nothing. Right. Currently, currently. Wait, the other thing we didn't even talk about is – when she's on her plane and we get to see the first time she's experiencing it, which was really cool, non-Pete related, and we see her on FaceTime with him. And then one of the crew members brings her a gift and says, Kim, we have a special surprise that was brought from Pete for you for the plane. And we don't see what it is, but we see her chewing. So our first thought was that it has to be edibles because she says, oh, these are my favorite. So I'm sure it was a specific brand of edibles that she likes. And he had to delivered to her for the plane ride, which like, <laughs> on a personal note, that's my love language, so.
1: Imagine you're Kim Kardashian, you walk onto your cashmere lined private plane for the first time and Pete Davidson gives you your favorite edibles. Like POV, you're me and you.
0: Like, you know what I mean? Like what? That is actually, I couldn't have written that. But I was going to say, POV, you're me and you just walking onto a JetBlue flight and I pull out the tin of fucking five milligram Caminos from my bag. Like, (laughs) Think about how excited you are when that happens, even though you know it's going to happen and you've seen me do it a million times. (laughs) Like, And then you're Kim and it's just like that elevated to another extent. Not to downplay the excitement you get from when I do that, because I do think it's fun every single time, but like, God, this is some next level shit. No,
1: I'll never get over you doing it. I'll never not be... (laughs) through the roof, happy and surprised. I just think that from now on, I'll just like always wish you were Pete.
0: I know, and I can't blame you. And you'll wish that the plane was cashmere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that was possible.
0: Wait, that's so funny. I'm obviously gonna get us now, like matching monogrammed cashmere plane throws just so that we can really have the experience when we're flying and we eat our edibles. And that's friendship, by the way. That's friendship. How do you get me a Pete though? Well, (laughs) we're working on it. (laughs) <laughs> true in terms of what we're getting next week in addition to sports illustrated and courtney and benny drama we're then getting when chloe says i'm finally moving into the house of my dreams with tristan and true and then immediately boom kim and her gym seeing tristan's insta story and how that all goes down so i mean talk about a juxtaposition between those two scenes i'm actually so
1: glad that you brought that up because i forgot to say it to you we have been talking so much about whether or not the confessionals were filmed after this all went down with Chloe and Tristan or before. And based on seeing this episode, where in that scene with Kim, Chloe, and Courtney, And it starts off with Kim saying to Chloe, how are things with you and Tristan? And it cuts to her in confessional saying, you know, things are really great with me and Tristan. And then it just like, it, it kind of cuts her off short and she moves on to you know, Courtney and Travis are great and Kim is really happy and much lighter. Like a hundred percent, I could say with certainty that this was filmed after the fact. It was, I, I to watch her say that was painful. I could oh. feel the pain in her saying that confessional. So you
0: agree you're, you're on my, you're on
1: the van wagon now. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm fully, after seeing that like 100,000%, the way that it cut her off and
0: all she said was things are good. No doubt in my mind now. I know. It was painful. God, I cannot wait to watch that. I like, I I obviously can't wait, but also I just already know how annoyed we're going to be and the anger we're going to feel towards the screen, but it's part of the process.
1: I know, but I almost feel like because of the way that Chloe has spoken about Tristan in the episode so far, it's obviously going to be painful to watch this, but it's not like – she fully allowed herself in the show up until this point to like dive in fully. Like, it's not like she's sitting here in these confessionals being like, I am so happy to be back together with Tristan. Like, this is the man of my dreams. We've worked so hard to make this right. I love him so much. It's like, they've spoken about how hard they've worked and she's spoken about how proud she is of him, but it's not like she fully allowed herself to go to that 100% vulnerable place that you then have to watch this next week and contrast it with that. It's like, even when, she's not in confessional and she's talking in the moment about him, you can hear a little bit of hesitation in her voice, which I think is a saving grace in terms of being able to then watch this unfold.
0: Yeah, no, totally. It's not like Courtney talking about Travis or Kim talking about Peter or anything like that. Right. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs. whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, so we kind of discussed this in the beginning, but all reports point to the fact that Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan have broken up, which they started dating around November of 2020. So it's been about a year and a half. And we don't know all of the details, but from the reports that are coming out, apparently he was really ready to settle down. She wasn't. It feels mutually respectful. Although as of the time we're recording this, she's deleted all photos or at least archived all photos of him from her Instagram and he hasn't. So I don't know. I I honestly believe though that he would have been ready. Like I think if she said, let's do it, he would have been proposing to her within this year.
1: Well, that's what I thought. I was expecting a proposal soon. I was really shocked by this
0: breakup when I told you you weren't as surprised. I know. I think it was because I had forgotten and then remembered that she was 25. And age doesn't really matter, but I I can't help but put myself in it. And like, being 27, I can't even imagine being married right now. So the idea of someone proposing, I guess it would change a little bit if it was Michael B. Jordan. I understand why she may not have felt ready.
1: Well, it's interesting because she has been previously engaged. In 2017, she was engaged to this Dutch soccer player and she was only 20 at the time. So I'm very curious if this is a situation where maybe she is ready to marry him or maybe she did love him enough to go through with it, but she's kind of
0: scarred from having been engaged at such a young age. Right, there's a lot of possibilities. And to your point earlier, a rekindling isn't the craziest thing. I mean, obviously, we don't have details about the split, but let's just hypothetically assume that it's because he was ready for something more serious, you know, potentially engagement marriage, and she wasn't there yet. So, Let's say they wait a few years and she kind of does her thing. He does his thing hypothetically speaking, they feel like they're drawn back to each other. That stuff happens all the time. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I definitely wouldn't rule it out unless something of course comes out where there was a reason we have no idea about for the breakup. but it just doesn't feel like that
1: no i I really believe the reports that he was ready, and she just she just wasn't ready to take that next step. and it makes sense like at this point, a year and a half is when you really evaluate your relationship, especially for Michael B. Jordan, who's 35. He's a little bit older. He's been in the public eye for a very long time. And this is the only girlfriend he's ever had that he's shared that publicly with. I mean, he has been kind of like the it guy since he was on Friday Night Lights at what, 19 years old? I mean... you know, we've seen Michael B. Jordan in the spotlight for so long, thought of him as like the sexiest man in the world. And this was the first time that we had ever seen him in a relationship like this. And so I think as the public to see him so publicly loving this woman and, and what an attractive, beautiful couple they are together. I think it was really surprising to then see them break up. This isn't somebody who does this often. This isn't somebody who's constantly sharing like the relationships in his life. And so I don't know, I personally was really shocked. And you then see that video. Of Him, I think it was last night at the Warriors game where he just looks heartbroken. Like your heart breaks for him when you see him on the big screen at the game, trying to almost fake a smile when you could see he's like fighting back tears. I mean, he's down bad. I, I really, I'm shocked, shocked that they broke up. But I'm not shocked that it was her decision and not his.
0: I mean, first of all, wouldn't you be down bad if you were him too? Like. They are a very evenly matched couple in terms of how just like gorgeous they both are. And I know that's not the most important thing, but I don't know any of their personalities enough to be able to make any assertions one way or another in terms of what they're actually like. I'm just talking strictly physically. They're both like, holy shit. But. But second of all, when you were saying that he's never really done this before, I think the difference is that she has, you know, we've seen her have other public relationships. So maybe it felt less shocking from that perspective because she's someone that hasn't kept that aspect of her life as private as he has. And then lastly, like I know that Michael B. Jordan is really considered a heartthrob. And aside from his looks, you know, it's what comes with that. The idea of Hollywood and fame and fortune and all of that, like not that that's not appealing to Lori, but it's not like it's something that she doesn't have on her own she's Steve Harvey's daughter. So aside from anything else that she creates in terms of her own success in her own career, she had an upbringing that was very similar, I would imagine, to what, quote, Michael would be able to provide her with. The appeal of fame and fortune that a lot of people have when viewing Michael B. Jordan is probably not nearly as appealing to her because she has that with or without him. So I just think that that's also an angle that you have to consider when evaluating this, because it's not like, Wow, how could she? Like, he had it all. She has it all. They both have it all. Right. You know?
1: Yes. But you know what I actually didn't realize that I found out recently? Not from the breakup. I found this out actually only a couple of weeks ago. But Lori Harvey is technically Steve Harvey's stepdaughter. Wait, really? He adopted her when he married her mom. I did not realize that. It's his stepdaughter.
0: Until this moment, I did not know that.
1: I don't think it's, like, largely,
0: like, well-known knowledge. I didn't I'm know sure it either. know, it is. You know, you know that they're going to get so many DMs being like, of course you fucking knew that. How could you be so stupid? I, I honestly didn't. I mean, I could pretend I did, but I didn't. No,
1: I, I – you know what? I don't think that – I think we'll get a lot of DMs of people being like, I never realized that. Because I have to tell you, while this is public knowledge, we still get DMs of people being like, wow, I really did not realize that Nicole Richie wasn't Lionel Richie's biological daughter.
0: Right. Wow. I did. I really didn't know that about, about Marjorie and Steve. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, the more you know. Oh, the one last thing that I wanted to mention, which I'm sure we'll discuss on Bravo, is last night at the MTV Awards, Bethany Frankel accepted the Reality Royalty Lifetime Achievement Award. And she was presented the award by Paris Hilton, which was a very full circle moment because she babysat Paris Hilton when she was little. And whether or not you like Bethany, I think you can probably acknowledge that she's very entertaining. And so just to kind of see the trajectory of her life starting out season one, Real Houses of New York, where she was then and where she is now. I like stri- weirdly got emotional. I was never expecting that, but I think it's worth the watch. I'll put the link in the description if you're somebody that cares about her at all.
1: And then you also have at the MTV Movie Awards last night, J-Lo accepting the Generation Award and saying to Ben, um, hi, Ben and everyone at home, like don't eat dinner without me. I'll be back by seven. Ah! In that new, what, $60 million house that they bought? Finally. You know, I was walking with Isabel and we weren't together, but she looks at me and she goes, oh, an email from on the J-Lo. I go, did I ever pay you to say that? I know what email she got because I got the same one. I thought I said it to you, but I guess I didn't. That's so funny. (laughs) On the J-Lo email really cracks me up. It's like one of my favorite bits that we have going here on the show.
0: (laughs) Here on the show. (laughs) Okay. Anything else you would like to mention?
1: Um, no, I mean, the only thing, and we don't even really have to get into it because I don't think there's that
0: much information there, but I am really shocked by Shakira's split. I know that that came out of left field. I thought that they were in, I know they technically weren't married, but I thought they were in it for the long haul. Well, Twitter saying he cheated on her. Which at that point, you got something seriously wrong with you. I Um...
1: The audacity of men will never, never cease to shock me. Once Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce, I knew it was over. I know. it's.
0: <laughs> I know. It's really wild when you think about it. I don't know. How did we'll see that what happen.
1: happen? How did any of it happen? Crazy. I
0: don't know. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. We'll see you later this week for Bravo and Kardashians. And then obviously starting next Monday, regular schedule like normal. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. So, I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like, generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically, when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes, there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.